Hello. On behalf of the Independent Research Forum, welcome to this IRF podcast. I am David Osman, and with me again today is David Ranson of HCWE and Co. Our subject for this podcast, the Fed's dim chances of getting inflation under control. The Independent Research Forum promotes a wide range of top quality independent research and alternative data providers, both macro and micro. Many are global, some are country specific, some sector specific, some stock pickers, all are investment related. Inflation can be defined as a general increase in the price of goods and services over time. In the UK, the Consumer Price Index rose by 9.2% in the year to December 2022. In the USA, consumer price inflation was 6.5% over the same period, while in Switzerland, inflation was just 2.8%, but in Turkey, inflation was a massive 64.3%. What causes inflation? How can it be controlled? These are simple questions with no simple answers. Is inflation caused by an excess demand over supply or by an increase in the quantity of money? Neither of these causations provides a truly satisfactory explanation, and this has major implications for central bank policies and for the impact of those policies on an economy's performance. What is missing from the conventional approaches to controlling inflation? To answer this question and more, I'm delighted that we're joined today by David Ranson, the president of HCWE and Co. David Ranson has a doctorate in business economics from the University of Chicago Business School. HCWE has a clientele of institutional investors, hedge funds and family offices throughout North America and Europe. HCWE has a distinctive way of explaining and predicting economic developments and capital market trends. Over the years, HCWE has demonstrated a successful track record anticipating major economic and asset market moves in both the US and elsewhere. David, welcome back. Let's start with a short introduction to the service that HCWE provides to your clients. Thank you. Good to talk uh, with you again. Well, uh, we provide a service that includes written documents, research reports, and a lot of graphics and phone calls and Zoom calls to keep our clients up to date. We take a a global approach, uh, but it's a macro approach, and uh, we take the view from 30,000 feet We don't get into great details. We try to keep everything very simple. And mainly, we work from empirical evidence. We don't believe in doctrine or theory so much. We believe in evidence first, and then we go with whatever explanation or theory is compatible with the evidence. So that leads us to be at odds with conventional wisdom a lot, and often with the consensus forecast. Are you bullish or bearish about inflation? Well, I'm very bearish worldwide. And the reason is that I think that the inflation we've been suffering from now for a couple of years was not anticipated because 
it was not diagnosed correctly. It is still not being diagnosed correctly. And I think having the right diagnosis is essential to treating it, to escaping from it, and to conducting good public policy. So many people argue that inflation is caused by an excess of demand over supply. Do you agree? Uh, No. The cause of inflation, I believe, has to be monetary. Let me explain why I think that. If a particular product is in scarce supply, its price rises relative to all other products. But you can't have a rise in all the products at the same time relative to themselves. That's meaningless. So the idea of supply constraints or demand excess over supply driving price is a relative price question, not a question about the general price level, which is measured in money. You can't explain the general price level without referring to money. So is inflation caused by too much money chasing too few goods? Well, that's what everybody believes and and says. And occasionally, I think it is the right answer. But uh, currently, and uh, it is often not the right answer, and currently it's not the right answer. And the way you tell that, going back to empirical evidence, is that if you collect the history of the quantity of money over a long period of time, could be for the UK or the US, any country, and look at how it's changed and then compare how inflation behaved. And especially if you look for a leading relationship where the money supply changes first and inflation changes second, you basically do not find this. The correlation is extremely ambiguous. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's even negative. It's all over the place. The quantity of money, money chasing too few goods, does not work empirically to explain and certainly not to forecast inflation. What do you mean by the quality of money as opposed to the quantity of money? Yes, I believe that inflation results from a lack of confidence in the money unit. Go back to take Henry VIII, for example. He reduced the silver content of the British coinage by something like 50% over his reign. All kinds of economic damage was done by that. But it didn't take long for the population to recognize that there was less silver in the coins. And this reduced the confidence that the public had in the money system. And inflation rose automatically as a result of that. This is a phenomenon that's been known about for hundreds of years, goes back to the Romans or before, And the strange thing about modern times is that we're starting, we have been ignoring this process for quite some time. But it's confidence in the monetary system and the way that money can serve as a store of value that is at the heart of our inflation problem. That, I believe, is the correct diagnosis for inflation. What is the best way then to measure the quality of money? The beauty of it is that the quality of money can be measured by looking at the price that money carries in the marketplace. One simple example, we know every day or every minute what the value of the dollar is in terms of euro or British pounds. It's a market system that gives us that. And the quality of money can be measured that way. But there isn't an obvious unit in which to measure 
various different currencies. But historically, we've always used precious metal. And I think the, there is no perfect answer to this, but gold is probably the most stable commodity against which we could measure the price of money. And that tells us directly the quality. If the price of gold goes up, then the quality of money has gone down. On occasions, why does the price of gold in the spot market sometimes give an inaccurate signal as to the quality of money? Yes, it does sometimes. And this is causing a big problem recognizing what's going on. Money has two functions, medium of exchange and store of value. And it's the store of value where we're having a problem. Take gold now. Gold has three functions. It's a medium of exchange, or was in the past. It's a store of value and a very good one. But its third function interferes with the other two functions. It's a safe haven investment. So when you have major anxieties crossing the world as a result of war scares, actual wars, and the biggest uh, such anxiety recently has been the COVID pandemic, then that drives the price of safe haven investments up quite independently of what may be going on with their function as a store of value. And so quite independently of inflation, the price of gold can rise. And it did very early in the pandemic. And it's been falling since until recently, it's been falling since because the anxiety connected with the pandemic has obviously been steadily going away. So currently, the spot price is telling a different story to the 30-year forward or even the 20-year forward gold price. What is the 30-year gold price telling us now? Yes, I wanted to mention that you can get around this problem that gold is distorted by safe haven seeking by looking at the futures markets or the forward markets. And if you go out as far as it's possible to go, and you can go as far as 30 years with the help of the treasury yield curve, then you can estimate what the price of gold is to be delivered 30 years from now. That's the 30-year forward price of gold. And that's the best way, the, the least distorted way, I think, to measure the quality of the dollar or of any other currency for that matter, and therefore the best leading indicator of inflation. That indicator would have given warning of the surge of inflation that we had in 2021 and again in 2022. Now, your analysis has implications for central bank policies. How well will the Fed's interest rate policy work? If I'm right, and the diagnosis is that we have to maintain the quality of money or restore the quality of money, then raising interest rates is not the answer. Raising interest rates introduces uncertainty about what interest rates are going to be and what monetary transactions make sense. That reduces the ability of money to do its job and particularly to do its job as a store of value. So raising interest rates, I believe, doesn't work. And the empirical evidence confirms if you try to measure the effect of the Fed's interest rate increases on inflation in the past, you'll be amazed how little evidence you can find to support it. So what are the implications, particularly for economic growth, if the current policies being pursued by the US Fed and other central banks continue? 
Well, I think economic growth will survive. I'm not expecting a recession, but I think economic growth is already very slow. I think it will continue to be very slow. The implications of the Fed continuing with its current policy are it'll raise rates. Sometimes it'll look better and it may even stabilize or stop, but it'll have to raise rates again because the inflation will come back and inflation comes in waves. So the result over the next several years would be higher and higher interest rates and stubborn inflation, not coming down, possibly even going further up. How then should inflation be tackled? We have to address the quality of money. The general population has to have confidence that the value of the monetary unit it's relying on will be preserved. That's almost a definition of inflation. If you preserve the value of money, then inflation is not possible. How do we do that? Well, we historically, it was always done by linking to something really stable. If a country like Turkey, you mentioned, wanted to stabilize its currency, and I think it does, it would tie it to an external currency like the dollar, and it would anchor it essentially. And central banks all over the world do this. Some of them do anchor their currencies to the dollar, some to the euro, some to other currencies. They all link to some extent, although many of them are floating. The one currency that's not anchored to anything is the dollar. That was the purpose of the Bretton Woods system. Part of the purpose was to anchor the dollar to gold. That was destroyed decades ago, and we've been floating ever since. And now the floating has become really pretty scary. So where do you see US consumer price inflation one year from now and in the medium term? I can't be precise, but I think it'll stay up where it is now. I think it's going to come up further because it's being held down temporarily at the moment by this massive cut in energy prices which nobody expected in the last few months, partly due to the sanctions on Russia and the inability of Russia to get its oil to the market and being cut out of the European market for oil. All of this has brought oil prices down. There may be other reasons too. Oil prices are way down from what they are, and that's brought all energy prices down. And inflation looks as though it's moderated. But I think this is all an illusion. Once the price of oil and price of of energy goes back to a normal equilibrium, which means the same kind of parity with gold, that I think will come, it always has done historically, and that'll bring the inflation back up. David, many thanks for this most interesting insight into the service that is provided by HCWE and Co. With more time, it would be interesting to focus on some of the other analysis that you produce, your views on the outlook for the US and other stock markets, including the emerging market. The Independent Research Forum is offering a brief trial to the HCWE service and can provide details of how to subscribe to their full service. More information is available on request from the Independent Research Forum. Thank you for listening to this IRF podcast with David Ranson of HCWE and Co. Thank you.